Hello and welcome to this week's Gridiron Gentleman podcast. We have made it to the conference finals. I always find it weird that it's the finals, even though it's not the finals, because then we've got the finals next week, because that's or two weeks' time, because that's the Super Bowl. This is just the conference games, so it's not really the finals, but I suppose it's the conference finals. Yes, I'm going to keep it in this week. I can see you're all looking at me like whether I'm going to start again, but no, we're going with it. The world's so- <laughs> greatest participation medal. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, Chicago Bears will got one a few years back, though, so, you know, I'm all in. Um, yeah, conference games. We'll be we'll mocking the conference that. final. Hmm? Don't be mocking the conference finals. Remember when Indianapolis hung that banner when they won the AF? Oh no, was it? Yeah, was it Indianapolis? They, they won the banner because they won the division. Yeah, they won the conference banner. finalist banner, conference finalist banner, or something like that. Yeah. It was insane. I'm pretty certain. Like, take any high school team, they could have won that division that year as well. Yeah, like yeah. the AFC South. So, uh, yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> for fair play to them like I, I i will never if you're proud of something be proud of it fair play so yeah that's, that's, a, good, that's a fair point that's a good point a good outlook on life i i, I mercilessly took the piss out of them though, i'm not gonna lie so you know <laughs> just, um we are gonna talk it is, about it's yeah. the sporting equivalent though of, of walking up to somebody and going i didn't saw myself today basically remind me to give you it's a gold star for that james um and uh also um Talk about uh, some of the coaching hires. There's a couple of things happening. A couple of things. A couple of people staying in the same place. Um, interesting. I think we could actually get into a bit of that as well. Uh, to do this, we have Alan. Alan, how's it going? Going very, very good. Thank you. I'm in a very good mood because tomorrow's my last day of work. I'm off for a week. I'm off to Milan for a few nights. Yeah. So I can't wait for I've I've got another week before I'm off. Then, yeah. then I'm off so quite excited about that. But um, same price. Same. I've got another week of Primark too. We should hold hands. We could. Couldn't yeah. we? I, I, I'm not at work either, but that's Phil's got different weirdly not being a choice. Work. That's Phil. Phil, how you doing? <laughs> I, I am one-legged, but I am good. Yeah. Phil's <laughs> had a sporting injury, uh, yeah. and yeah, as a result, it's. Uh, it, it, I'm sure if you ask him, he'll show you the picture, but uh, you don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can find the uh, feet really. pics on my OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. So OnlyFans is is getting some serious advertising the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> James, James, how's it going? <laughs> it's it's kind of right. I've I've not injured myself this week, and I'm not going on holiday either. So I've just had a straight yeah, in the middle. Been right. I'm excited week. about. Sorry, I've not just injured a myself. Week. So... Oh, a week. I thought you were saying I was weak because I hadn't seriously injured myself. No, no, no. <laughs> Should I go headbutt something? No, no, do just, not just do that. Your entertainment just, just, just do a podcast. I can do. So I do the podcast with a concussion. Yeah. No, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, to go with the four other concussions I've had in my life. No. Yeah, no, no, no. Would we notice? Not really. No. After I... concussion number three, I was never the same. Okay. Anyway, that's that's the everyone we're doing a podcast with this week. There's injuries. Apparently, some are going to go and get injuries. And some of us go on holiday. I think Alan's the one with the right idea, if I'm honest with you. I, I think he's done it right, yeah. <laughs> I think he's the... Yeah, congratulations, Alan. Um, so, Alan uh, wins! Yes. Um, hey. Quick note, conference games, really good this year. Really, mm. really good this year. Like, I think we're getting... Yeah. The, we got the four best teams. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, exciting. Uh, let's talk about coaching, though. I think coaching is probably the best place to start. Um, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Like, no one seems to be going anywhere. And then the people that are going anywhere are weird. 
So, I mean, maybe yeah. start with like, okay, we'll start with the good one. I think Frank Wright going to Carolina is really good. Although I thought Steve Wilkes did an amazing job, almost like a good enough job to keep the job, but apparently not. So Frank Wright. I, I, I like it and I, I, I like it, but I also have some small concerns mm. because Frank Reich, you know, the situation Frank Reich walked into in Indianapolis yes. after the Josh McDaniels debacle, he, he turned that around, he steadied the ship, he had them a really good football team for a season or two. But when the roster got depleted a little bit, and when, you know, that was, he, look at the last season, he didn't really get a lot out of them. Uh, and the Carolina roster is probably not in a great space either. So it's like, Will he, you know, some of the personnel decisions, will he, will he, will he be able to show a bit more than he did in the later stages of his Indianapolis career? If he goes in there and he, he starts off the way he started off with Indianapolis, then that'll be a really good thing for um, Carolina. But I think it was a better starting point he had in Indianapolis. Uh, so I think it's a good hire in theory, but let's... Let's pump the brakes on the hype a little bit for me. I agree. Um, I also think he is, if you're Frank Reich, right, and there's numerous potential head coaching jobs, and you're probably one of the, the top potential hires out there, why would you go to the one place that is also having quarterback problems? Why would you go from the Indianapolis Colts, where they have numerous quarterback problems, and, uh, to the Carolina Panthers, where they have numerous quarterback problems? I, I, I can't. I, I can't imagine he's just gone there and gone. That's the team for me. So Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan or <laughs> it, I think it tells me philosophically what they want to do next. Yeah, they can draft. A I think they're going to trade up for a quarterback. Hope they do. Keep trading up, guys. <laughs> Keep doing it. I mean, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of they're going to have to go mighty high to get anything that's worth it. Well, they're going to have to beat the Colts. Which is hilarious, really. But you know way. what? Do you know what? If if they do trade up and they get they get Will Levis, mm. it's going to be like Frank Reich's going to go. Well, this is familiar. <laughs> he's tall. Oh my goodness, he's a roller coaster. And it's going to be Carson. <laughs> I see a lot of Carson Wentz and Will Levis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think Carson Wentz as a college prospect was better than Levis. But anyway, we'll get into that in more detail in. The draft stuff but there I is a lot to talk me. about in this particular off season that we have coming up as well yeah um i mean let's start with the fact that the panthers aren't in the best salary cap situation um because for of a team that have no one yeah they're not yeah for, for considering the mismanagement they've kind of gone through mm. so you start looking at players they can get rid of like shaq thompson you don't want to get rid of shaq thompson right now um oh. Uh, uh, Pat Elfline, um, yeah, fine. How many quarterbacks not on the roster are they paying next year? <laughs> <laughs> so he, here's their dead money uh, heading into 2023. Christian McCaffrey, 18.3 million. Robbie Anderson, 9.7 million. Davian Nixon, 159,000. But the first two, that's pretty massive. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I think you might... <sighs> Depending on how his, the season goes, we'll, we, it will give us an idea of exactly how much the owners at Indianapolis are interfering with what the coaches are doing. Okay. Um, because if it's if it's going if it starts going well when he hasn't got 
the most talented roster, mm. then you can see that he's a good coach in Indiana. The, the owners at Indy were maybe just getting their fingers in where they shouldn't be. If it goes terribly, then well, you wouldn't be surprised because the Carolina Panthers don't have much to go with anyway. Are you insinuating that an Ursa may have interfered? Never. I wasn't insinuating anything. An Ursa um, interfering? Surely not. Um, I'm looking at their quarterback situation, and it is, I mean, it's frankly hilarious. It's um, Donald. It's not good. Donald, I think, is a free agent. So it won't be Donald. I don't think so. Am I, am I getting this wrong? I'm just looking now. Oh, Sam Donald's but... a free agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they traded away Baker Mayfield, who was there for five minutes. Of um, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Um, and so the, I suppose the one interesting, who was the other quarterback they had this year? Who did reasonably well for a couple of games. I can't remember. It was PJ name. Walker. PJ Walker. That's the other guy. Is he on the roster still? I can't see him. Am I being silly? Um, Normally, yes. I'm very, I mean, yeah, true. I can't argue with that. Free agency, quarterback. Oh, Philip Walker. Okay, yeah. So um, he's a free agent next year as well. Okay. Uh, That leaves them with, I'm looking at it now, zero quarterbacks on their roster at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to start a sweepstake so that the quarterbacks in the Carolina Panthers sweepstake will be Brock Purdy, Jimmy oh. Garoppolo. Oh my God, yeah. It's Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, Geno Smith, and Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Uh, let's add in... Five in the sweepstake. Six. Tyrod, Tyrod six Taylor as well. Oh God, Tyrod, yeah, absolutely. Panther uh, <laughs> Not Panther Bodder, but Panther Bodder. <laughs> very different things. Broke <laughs> of the night, James. Very Holden. different franchises, yeah. but there we go. Anyway. Oh, well, they got Matt Corral. Of course they have. My bad. Of course they have. Yeah. yeah. Well. Problem solved. <laughs> I, I'm worried they think that. <laughs> they don't. They don't think that. No. They clearly don't think that. But then what a waste of a draft pick that was. Like... It's a shame. There is so much talent on this roster that is going to go wasted. Like DJ Moore is an excellent wide receiver. Uh, mm. Brian, Brian Burns is one of the best edge rushers in the league. Dante Jackson is actually a pretty good cornerback. Derek Brown came into his own last season. Even the likes of like Ian Thomas had a reasonably good season this year as well. You say last season, we're still in it. Uh, JC Horn as well. JC Horn was really good. Yeah. Brian Burns. Yeah, Brian Burns has been outstanding. Oh, yeah, he's been great. Um, and it might all go to waste because they don't really have, looking at their roster, if you take out Darnold and PJ Walker. So trust Marshall. So if I'm going to Carolina Panthers this year, I'm leaving the wide receivers. I'm just saying, right, that is the wide receivers. That's cool. Trust Marshall, <laughs> DJ Moore, uh, Lavishka Chenault. Fine. Okay. It's not the best wide receiving core in the world. It's not the worst wide receiving core in the world. Um, I'm spending my whole time looking at quarterbacks. Just find a quarterback for this roster. Yeah. Dante Foreman can be your lead back. Fine, whatever. Oh, 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 oh. no, no, wait a minute. A game changer. They also yep. have Jacob Eason on the roster. Oh, but I take it all back. 
How have they got Jacob Eason on the roster? Just, <laughs> just following. <laughs> I'm now going to press play and we're going to listen to Starships. Nothing's going to stop us now <laughs> for three minutes. The thing is, <sighs> if this is the Frank Reich of old, this is the kind of situation he loves getting stuck into. Like he loves, he loves yeah. rosters where it's like there's like five, six players on there that you want on the roster. Sadly, one of them you should probably have as a quarterback. But uh, Jacob Eason and Matt Corral will probably. I mean, you just. Well, there's, to... uh, there's a former, well, not yet former Las Vegas based quarterback who may be available, but I don't know what they'd be able to use to get him. Like if the Raiders come at you and say, and, and you say, I mean, could you use, could if, if you're the Panthers, would you give a first for Baker, for Baker Mayfield, good Lord, for Derek Carr? And also if you're Frank Reich and Derek Carr comes in and does the exact same thing that Matt Ryan and uh, Carson Wentz have done, <laughs> you just give up on the sport of football entirely at that point? I think you just, might at that point, yeah. 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 I, I have uh, a bit more faith in Derek Carr to be able to, be better than than a 90 year old matt ryan mm. i was all in on matt ryan this year though i me too like, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely thought that was going to work i thought that was the genius move of the off season so i just thought yeah all that roster needed was a competent qb and they would have been in the playoffs yeah. and bloodied some people's faces up but no apparently that wasn't what they needed no, yeah, No, I think we all thought that though, Phil. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Carol, Carolina's cap situation, though. Yeah. I mean, it really it has to be Matt Corral or drafting a rookie to come in and com- compete with him. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no room. There's not. There's not much room to do anything else. Yeah, it's not like they can go and get really. They can't really go get Derek Cox. They haven't got the cap space, and this. I mean, Daniel. Jones, I think, is a free agent this year. Is, is. that right? Yeah. So, I, mean, I think he's going to get the tag. I think he will as well. I think they'll give him another year after mm. this year because he was he was decent. Well, what else are you going to do? Like, it's not. There aren't quarterbacks falling out of the sky this year. Although, <laughs> you know, I suppose there is I mean... one quarterback falling out of the sky potentially. So. Oh, two. I like actually there is. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Like you got Derek Carr. Potentially Tom Brady, potentially Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, although if I'm sure he gets franchised, there's no way they let him out the door. I wonder <sighs> if Lamar Jackson gets franchise tags if he if he doesn't just not turn up, though. Yeah, I mean, how Lamar feels about it is a different story, but mm. if, if the Ravens are franchising him, it's a no-brainer. But whether he wants whether he whether he wants <laughs> to play there anymore, I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced he does. Yeah, he might say like a, a Levy on Bell type thing where he just like, no, I'm not playing on the franchise tag. Here's a question: If you're, Stuck. if you are the Carolina Panthers, are you going to pay an off-the-ball linebacker twenty-four point four million? Depends on the off-the-ball linebacker, but not Shaq the Thompson. Got, no, Shaq no, Thompson. No, no. Well, I like Shaq Thompson. Shaq. It's great, but I like no. him. Great player, but Shaq Thompson's really the of, of the high earners. I'm just mm. looking over the cap now. Of yeah. the high earners, Shaq Thompson's the only one that where they can free up a lot of cap money. Yeah. Um, so just just on playing ability, you wouldn't want to lose them, but that can free up. But they can free up thirteen million. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he as well. he might be he might be a make weight for um, bringing someone else in, or even just for draft capital. Yeah, <clears throat> there there are some moves they can make, but 
I'd be very impressed if they are a competitive team this year. But there we go. Who knows? I mean, they were a bit competitive this year, to be fair. They were. Towards, especially towards the end of the season, they actually started to play. <clears throat> Any idea where Steve Wilson is going to end up? Because someone should consider him at least for a head coaching job. Yes. Well, Which jobs are available? You have to remind me. Denver's still available, right? Yeah, although there's strong rumours today mm. that D'Amico Ryans is going to get that one, or that's at least that's who Denver ownership wants anyway. Inter- interesting, yeah. um, apparently there's a big issue with Sean Payton's interview. Mm. Um, obviously, Sean Payton wants to work with Russell Wilson and stuff like that, but he's he's worried about a power struggle with some of the Denver front office people. And I don't I don't think yeah, I don't know if the interview went too well or not in terms of obviously Sean Payton what Sean Payton's asking for in terms of the amount of control we'll have and things like that. That's well. That's all, obviously all rumours and hearsay, but that's that's what I saw. Benjamin Albright, who who's been covering the Broncos for a while, his his exact words mm. were, um, I, I'm speaking to people within the organisation, they truly believe that ship has sailed, and it's doubtful that they will circle back. Um, so the other thing I heard about Sean Payton was that not as many people requested an interview with him as he thought he was going to get. And as a result, he it's looking highly likely he'll just go back to TV. And well, like, I think yeah. there's a reason for that. I think people have a look at what happened with the San Diego offense mm. and look at um, the application of Lombardi, who, who's very much a Sean Payton disciple. And I think that, that, that perhaps kind of skew people's perceptions of how that whole scheme system operates. Mm. But then this is Sean Payton. He was never really tied to one particular thing no he was kind of like a slightly less bonkers andy reed kind of mind in the way that he used to here's here's a fun question do we feel like the saints have got significantly worse since sean payton left because i think they're kind of the same not not based on the roster they've got no i think Mm. to be honest that roster probably performed above Mm. what it was there's basically I, no difference. I think the biggest reason for the Saints, the Saints mystery is a lot more than Sean Payton. Yeah. Is what I think. Oh, 100%. I agree. Like, the Saints stopped being competitive when Drew Brees started to slow down. Mm. Mm. Um, and also... I have a word, guys. Like that front office situation now with that salary cap situation is just now unworkable. I, I don't, but everyone goes, oh, but they always manage it. They're never competitive, though. They're never in the running for a Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they manage to keep themselves cap it. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they keep themselves cap safe, but they're not going to be good. Yeah. With that, that's the problem. They are just constantly <laughs> they, treading water. I mean, admittedly, they had some injury issues this hmm. year. Um, they were probably expecting a bit more from James Winston games wise, but he was injured for a lot of it. Uh, Alvin Kamara missed a bunch of time. Mm. I think Michael Thomas missed a bunch of time as well. So, I mean, they're probably, but I still didn't, that probably wins you an extra two games on top of the games they won. It's not going to take you to the Super Bowl. Here's a perfect example of their cap situation, right? Cam Jordan, right? I think he's 33, 34. Mm. He's on the roster till 2026. 
Uh, and if you cut him in 2026, you'll make a 2.5 million loss. <laughs> and it's it's and it's not much, but it's just indicative of where the Saints team is at. It, I don't know, I don't know how we got to talk about the Saints. Apologies, it's my fault. I've gone off on a tangent. Well, we're talking about Sean Payton, so <laughs> we should do a whole episode on the Saints in the off season. Like it is yeah, just, that's... it is just. We'll get some maths nerds in. Yeah, <laughs> have them with like use graphs and stuff to explain it to us. I just think they're going to have to have a year where they just go, right, here's all your money that you're owed. Now can you leave the facility, please? Here's all your money that you're owed. Now can you leave the facility, please? But I suppose the one, the one positive is, though, that it does speak to, like, Peyton's basically a disciple of Parcells, mm. like Belichick is. Yeah. And those first-generation disciples of Parcells tend to do one thing really well, yeah, they're really good at developing people. True. And clearly, Sean Payton's succession plan in New Orleans was good enough to have that team respectable. It <clears throat> should have been awful. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Yeah. The problem is, all their good players could drop off a cliff at any moment because mm-hmm. they're all old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're 100% right. <laughs> Thirty-three uh, when you're an edge rusher is like being a hundred. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, to be fair, Cam Jordan's still been very good. But, yes. Uh, uh, who knows what next season brings? Um, so, other news: Do we get the feeling Dan Quinn smells blood in the water because he's staying as Dallas DC? <laughs> Remind uh, reminds me who who all requested an interview with Dan Quinn? Uh, the Cardinals. I think he mm-hmm. went in there, saw them just like frantically burning paperwork and just like, no, I'm out of here. Like, but it's... Um, <laughs> Where's Kyler? He's playing COD again. I, uh... <laughs> I'd like to meet our quarterback. Here he is. Where? Sit down, Dan. Oh, there he is. <laughs> um, I thought that was just a kid playing on the on the PlayStation there. Sorry, I haven't yeah. I, I do wonder whether like he, he went to the Cardinals and was just like, I mean, he had his fingers burnt as a head coach. Maybe he was just like, I'm actually okay. I'll wait till the inevitable happens and Mike McCarthy gets fired. So, yeah. like, um, by the way, I might be doing well, a U-turn on my opinion on Mike McCarthy. Might <laughs> <laughs> you? Yeah. I think, I think when you're in the situation at Dan Quinn, when you're, you're in what is a reasonably good spot. You know, that that Dallas defence is is fierce and competitive mm. every year. He's, he's he's getting a lot of respect for what he's doing there. The team, despite despite how you might think about Dak and his ability to do it in the playoffs, the team's going to be competitive. He can just afford to be really picky. There's no need for him to jump out there. He'll get interviews again next year. If he doesn't like what he's seen with the Cardinals, fair play to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. either. <laughs> And I don't blame him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of Dallas, um, it's been a rough week for Dak because, like, obviously, on Sunday, the Cowboys went, "It's not you, me, it's you," mm. and then the very next day, his missus said, "It's not me, it's you." <laughs> I mean. What a week, eh? He also got to watch well, his was... running back get buried on 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 a. Uh on the field as well. Well, it's not like Dak was ever going to get a ring anyway. You know, the sense very well done. Bill, again, <laughs> yeah. you, I, 
I love these. I, I love it when someone continues <laughs> a metaphor I start. It's brilliant. It's like yeah. it's like it's like I'm actively participating in the pod instead of just being the weird guy that shouts out occasionally. <laughs> what What do you think the cow? I mean, the Cowboys are just in such a weird situation now. Yeah, they're just they're just in limbo. Really, they've got. I think Dak is still a great quarterback, but let's yep. start He's with that. Fine, I'd say he's not. Hmm. But, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. It's really, really hard. Mm. Peyton Manning only won two. Yeah. And one of them was he had to be dragged, kicking and screaming by his defense to win a Super Bowl <laughs> in, at the end of his career. Um, yeah. So it, it, it is hard. Change your face. <laughs> Sorry, James on video for once. And we get to see all the facial expressions for, uh, we don't normally get to see. <laughs> Watching Peyton Malley. Peyton Manning being piggybacked to a quarter to yeah. a Super Bowl win by Von Miller. Yeah. Just come so, on. We'll get you there. I, I guess Dan knows what all these facial expressions actually mean. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah um, you're yeah. fired. Especially yeah, the one I'm fired. doing now. <laughs> oh, this one. You're fired. That one? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, anyway. I, I think... I think... Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls, one of which was him pretty much single-handedly decimating the Chicago Bears, and the other one was um, was uh, was him basically being carried across the line after he'd done a decent enough job of making Denver an attractive place to go the previous season. So, like, you know, it swings and roundabouts, I suppose. But also, we're forgetting that Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl. So, like, it's... Uh, imagine that. Well, the Packers are chokers, we want. Yeah, Aaron doesn't help himself as much as the others. But no, I know the point stands though. Yeah, absolutely, it is, it's hard. You have to have. There has to be outside of dynasties like the 49ers back in the day. The I won't, I won't say my team, um, but out, yeah, outside no, the Patriots, of, we can say that. Yeah, that's so a dynasty. Outside, yeah. outside, outside, outside of the Patriots, outside of the 49ers, outside the Bradshaw Steelers, there has to be a perfect storm. Everything has to align for you to almost yeah. win a Super Bowl. You're not going to, when you've got a team as talented as the Cowboys, yes, yes, expectations are going to be high. Fans are going to think we should win Super Bowl. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But we say it you, need to, you, need, you need to temper expectations a little bit. You get to the playoffs, you lose in a tough competitive game against another really good football team. Mm. There's only so much you can do about that. Yeah. We say this every year. Cowboys. Yeah, go on. That's right. Go it's on. just the Cowboys have this historic sense of entitlement. Um, no. It's a real shame because if you to remember where the Cowboys were when Tex Schramm hmm. um, sold the Cowboys, they were at that point in time, and I can remember, I think I was about 12. Um, they were the absolutely the worst team in the NFL by a very hmm. long way. I mean, they were horrific, they were terrible. Um, they had just drafted Michael Irvin and they had gone one and 15 and they had picked Troy Aikman. Mm. Um, I think he went one overall in that draft. It was the same season. I think that they traded away Herschel Walker. Um, they did, however, get every draft pick ever for him. So that was a great bit of business, but, but they traded into the incels, what happened they? was that, that Jerry Jones, the second he bought the cowboy Cowboys got his, his busy mate from, from college, mm. Jimmy Johnson, who was the coach at Miami at the time, 
and Jimmy Johnson came in and within three years they were winning a Super Bowl and then they went on and won three Super Bowls very quickly and ever since I think it's been really really difficult for Cowboys to adjust to the concept that Jerry Jones can't take them back well I think that when Jimmy Johnson left mm. that was their window closing I think the true, great, truly great modern era Dallas Cowboys was an awful lot to do with Jimmy Johnson, if I'm brutally honest. And the moves that he would make in spite of Jerry. And I think Jerry's just been an albatross to that organisation for 20-odd years. Mm. As you get these fan bases where some, some teams have a little bit of success and the sense of entitlement because of that and the fact that you think that should happen every year and it's mm. it drives me crazy reading you know patriots twitter um <laughs> it's me it's too. nuts <laughs> it's nuts I, i'm a i'm a i was a boston red sox fan during the curse years uh my scottish football team is motherwell who are pretty awful um so i don't take anything for granted nothing at all um <laughs> Uh, oh, so every year we watch the Super Bowl, we watch one team beat another team and we, and we come out of that and go, oh, next year, I don't know how that team can lose. And invariably every year that team does lose. Look at the Rams this year. They are, they nearly made Sean McVay go, oh, I'm not sure about football. Um, and so like, it's, it just, every year things change. So, like, mm. whilst everyone's scrambling to get anyone that's ever been in a room with Sean McVay or Carl Shanahan, defensive coordinators go, "We're going to figure it out this year. We're going to figure it out over 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 summer." And you'll see the drop off. But even if it's only a small drop off, I get the feeling Carl Shanahan's kind of smart enough to go, "Okay, well, I'll change it again then." But you'll you'll see the drop off of all these people that have that have sat there watching Carl Shanahan write things on whiteboards and and it's it happens every single year and we we always get lulled into this false sense of security but um yeah the, the Cowboys have also fired a load of their staff as well it almost feels like you know an, an air, hot air balloon when it's kind of sinking and you've got to like get rid of things just to make it lighter so it can float back up again yeah, so uh, yeah. uh Leon let the two names that stood out for me were the ones I recognized Leon let and um Joe Philbin basically were the ones that gone. Joe Philbin was the offensive line coach, which I think is a weird choice because I think they did okay on the offensive line this year. And like offensive line coaches are worth their weight in gold. And I don't know. But look at the play that they got, the backup play they got from their tackles. Yeah. They I moved mean, them. That's not that. They don't deserve a sacking. He deserves a cake. Yeah. Tyler, <laughs> I like, and, and this is Joe I mean, Philbin we're talking about, who at times has definitely deserved a sacking. So like it's. <laughs> It's one of those things that's like um, Tyler Smith played in pretty much every position along the offensive line at any point and played well in pretty much every position he played in. Um, they got the last ounce of talent out of Jason Peters when he was on the field as well. Like it's, it's, it's things like that that the mind boggles and you get the thing Jerry Jones has come in and gone to Mike McCarthy. Mike, I know you're in the middle of your massage, but can we talk about this? Uh, and he's gone, Mike's turned around and just gone, okay, sh- sure thing. Um, and like, um, he said, well, he goes, what's the problem? And he goes, well, it's the offensive line. It's the defensive line, which it definitely isn't. Um, and yeah. it's a number of other position coaches that the problem is to get rid of them. 
defensive line is crazy. They were they were number they were number one in the NFL in pressure in the quarterback. Mm. Maybe not sacks as such, yeah. but I mean they did have a high sack number. Um, but yeah, they were number one in pressure in the quarterback. So yeah. that seems mad to me. I didn't know they'd done that. That's that's crazy. I'm just looking up now. I'll try and find it. Uh, like 240 pressures. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan Quinn and like they're keeping Dan Quinn. Surely you like you want to keep. You want to keep. I, I almost wonder whether Mike McCarthy's on his way out. Uh, maybe the Cowboys take a run at Sean Payton, getting back in the building, um, and then if that doesn't work, always... you give it to Dan Quinn. Yeah, that's always been the chat that Sean Payton would end up in Dallas some way, somehow. Yeah. yeah. But... Bonkers. Speaking of bonkers, the Jets have hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. And the first thing they've one. said is they're going to bring a veteran quarterback in. That worked out so well last time, didn't it? So they can't <laughs> wait to see that happen. In all seriousness, this is them making a run Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? Like this, this, this has to be. But then we said that about yeah. the Broncos as well. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really make. It doesn't really make sense because no. yeah, I think I don't know how much that offense is clearly Michael Fuller's offense, and it's a bit like Adam Gase, wasn't it, with Peyton Manning? I think I think Nathaniel Hackett's job was not to get in the way too much. Yeah, and but he but he's he's managed to get himself a head coaching job out of it, uh, and how how that relationship. I've, I've been reading things about that relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Hackett in terms of well. No, for, as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, Lafleur's the guy. So mm. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a strange one. I, I mean, I get I get why the Jets are trying it, but if they'd thought it through, I don't know whether it really makes sense. I always kind of figured he got better with Getsy as well. Like he seemed to Getsy seemed to be the yeah, person yeah. he was he was quite close to. So who yeah. knows? Maybe the Chicago Bears were well. better. Hmm? Yeah, I think he and Salah have been together before as well. Yeah. As well, yeah, true. They have they have history together, but I just it, it strikes me as a sideways move. I, I don't really see the need to get rid of the coordinator per se. In, yeah, in if your quarterback plays that terribly for the majority of the season, there's not a lot the coordinator can do. Especially when you, 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 you're still good enough as a coordinator to win games, Mike White. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't they win games with an ancient Joe Flacco as well? Yes. And in spite of the fact that they had Zach Wilson mm. for some of those games, I think they won a few of those as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, but 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 you you, you have to do something, and you can't get rid of the first round pick this soon because you look like. You know, get rid of them this early, and it's your fault. Yeah. Get rid of them a bit later, and it's their fault. Well, it looks like the GM trying to cover himself. Looks like they'd have to give up two yeah. number ones for uh, Aaron Rodgers, which is interesting. Um, uh, he, Aaron Rodgers, has come out with a few interesting words this week as well. Oh God! Have you seen this? No. You're not going to like this, Phil. Like, it's Am probably I something I wouldn't even touch on if if you weren't on the pod, but you are. So you know, here we go. Um, I'm not going to read it from that source because that source I don't I don't want to read it from. Um, <laughs> he's basically Aaron Rodgers is basically hinting that where, where is this? That uh, here we go. To be fair, this is Mike Florio and uh, okay, uh, but he's Aaron Rodgers links his current villain status to Big Farmer, like that is not mentioned anywhere in the article. Oh, God. 
but it it does it is kind of what he's hinting at uh so essentially uh aaron Rodgers is claiming that um they needed like a scapegoat like the likes of pfizer and johnson and johnson and um I can't remember another company that made a vaccine, but but they needed a scapegoat and they basically Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson, Johnson. Here we go. But what they do, if they take the right soundbite from the right thing in a station and it's a station that may or may not have in the past have brought to you by Pfizer, got to make sure their villain gets cast in the correct light. He said this on the uh, Pat McAfee Incel cast. Uh, and so and whether or not they're sponsored by Pfizer, Moderna or Johnson, Johnson, whatever it might be, when you go up against some of those powers that be put yourself in crosshairs. Uh, they're going to paint you a certain way. And that's what the media did to me a couple of years ago. That's fine. That's pr- their prerogative. That's what they wanted to do. But I think I responded pretty good in those times. And I'm glad I went through that and anything that comes after that small potatoes. Right. So one thing, I think he did kind of at times respond reasonably well to it. He put himself in those crosshairs, though, <laughs> in the first place, by by claiming that he like he he'd he'd been uh, immunized. Basically, the reason he was a villain is because he's a massive, massive twerp. Oh, well, thank you, Phil. There was a moment when I was going... Yeah, I had to like, run it over in my head a couple mm-hmm. of times to make sure I said the right thing yeah. and not the, the bad words yeah. that immediately come to mind when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But all it does is exacerbate the issues with things like that Damar Hamlin has a body double thing, which is absolutely disgusting. Oh, that is nuts. And, I heard that the other day, and I was yeah. like, "Really? This is this is where we're at now." Yeah, fantastic. So, so yeah, like it, it's just, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just the the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I'm just I'm just over it. It's like, like tell us if you're playing, tell us if you're retiring. Other yeah. than that, I really don't. Really also, when you stop playing, I won't give you a, a second thought. Like, of course, yeah. Yeah. of course. That, that does remind me, though, just a wee quick aside, if you don't mind, Dan. Um, similar lines of what Aaron Rodgers just said there. There was a quote. Uh, I don't know the source. I've mm. um, never heard of the source before, so it could be made up. It could be a, one of these satire mm. accounts on Twitter, but I hope not. I hope it's real. Apparently, Joey Bosa says he'll be playing with an extra chip on his shoulder this weekend because Philadelphia is where they stole the election and stole democracy from us in 2020. What's the... That Nick Bosa, sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the 49ers, yeah. Oh, what on earth? I'm looking at him now. Uh, he funny. was a, a, a Trump supporter, wasn't he? I think he is. Uh, I have I, a very I, funny Bosa story related to this. Okay. Sec, actually. okay. Is it him complaining about the refs again? No, it's no, Joe Bosa. Oh, it's the other one. Yeah. Um, I'm looking it up, see if there is anything on that. I'm at I kind of hope it's not true. <laughs> uh, uh, no, is it, I, I can only find prepared for slugfest with Jason Kelsey. Um, no, I can't see anything. Yeah, it might what, be one of these troll. It may be one of these troll accounts. I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of hope so. I hope he's not that stupid. Um, um, <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> um, James, you're funny. Um, so um i think it's espn they have a series where they um talk about talk talk about talk to the parents of famous sporting um figures and um 
I think it was um, in one of these outlets that it was revealed that when they were young, um, Jerry and Nick's parents used to randomly drug test them mm. to ensure that they were not um, being led astray or um, sinning. <laughs> they would randomly drug test their own children rather than just trust them and hold them accountable if they lie. They would just drug test them. That's, that's mad. That's crazy. How much of how, how bad a parent and how controlling do you have to be to do that? As a parent, I would much rather say to my teenage son or to, when, they're, when they're older, my, my son and my daughter and go, are you on drugs? And when they go, no, and they look at these faces and say, I'm clearly on drugs, I'd say, you've lied to me. We'll speak in the morning. So he, I, <laughs> I, I assume... I assume say pee into a cup. I assume this is Joey Bosa believing that Trump was robbed or Nick Bosa allegedly believing that Trump was robbed i don't know it's whatever it's probably not true so we'll we'll, we'll leave it yeah no, I, I'm, I'm reading i saw the tweet yeah. and i said like i said i don't know the source i've just looked at the twitter account and it's probably one of these satire accounts yeah. but but yeah it was it was a bit it was amusing and i think he's saying it because he has a bit of a trump supporter but yeah mm. yeah i agreed well that's him off my mv oh my mvp list anyway um so <laughs> just, <laughs> uh any other news we want to talk about before we get on to the games Officially, Bill O'Brien coming back. The Patriots finally hired an offensive coordinator. <laughs> Mac Jones for MVP next year. No, not really. But um, <laughs> not really. But I'm happy to say the least. Yeah, I think it's understandable. Like, so what's going to happen to? Um, is it Joe Judge and yep. is it, who have you, who got running the? Is it it's Matt Patricia? Oh my so, god, it was Matt Patricia. Yeah. There's all sorts of rumours. I don't know. Matt Patricia is the range of possibilities as being kept on just in a purely advisory role with mm. no defined position or letting him go because his Detroit Lions contract is up. So we'd have to pay him a little bit more and don't want to do that. Uh, Joe Judge, it's all gone quiet. There's, there's un, again, unnamed sources leaking reports that Joe Judge... Um, did not make many friends in the locker room last year. Uh, I mm. think it's a chance he could be a goner. I wouldn't mind seeing him going back to coaching special teams because special teams unit was horrible last year and they were very, very good under Drew Judge. But if we walk away, if, if we just say thanks, but no thanks, I would understand as well. Um, yeah, him and, him and Mac Jones apparently did not like each other. He, he was... At the start of the season, when he had that, when he was kind of co-offensive coordinator with Matt Patricia, apparently he'd just try and like take over meetings and stuff like that, and he'd, he'd try and coach cross positions, and it would annoy the position coaches, and he just he, yeah, he didn't he didn't make many. That's the story that came out today, um, that he did that he did not make many friends at all last year. Hmm. That doesn't really surprise me. But, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, should we get to games? We've got two games to talk about now. We've gone from 16 to two games, and then obviously in a couple of weeks, well, next week we'll be talking about one as well, but uh, but then we'll be talking about one again the week after. Um, let's start with the first game, the NFC Conference Championship between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. San Francisco 49ers 
come into this one with their tail on fire. Brock Purdy has been good enough with that offense. The kind of like Swiss Army knife offense that does a bit of everything well, basically. And you can put anyone in any position and they'll do well. They're up against an Eagles team, however, that seems to have an answer for every team in the league. You get it stopping the run. Uh, well, Jalen Hurts is going to throw the ball to AJ Brown and uh, Devontae Smith, and uh, you get it. You get it stopping the the passing game. Okay, well they're going to run the ball then with, well, actually, Jalen Hurts still again really yep. more than anything. They find ways of winning against pretty much every team in the league, and that for me is why this is one of the most exciting games of the season. Like we have two teams essentially should be able to cancel each other out Niners want you to line up in whatever formation that you're not prepared for okay well in whatever formation the Eagles line up in they're prepared for pretty much anything they can do handle everything because they've got talent across the field the Philadelphia Eagles have an answer for pretty much everything that the Niners can throw at them it's just that sometimes maybe the talent for them what the Niners have is probably a little bit too much who wants to get it who wants to kick this off where do we want to start? Niners offense? Um, I mean, the Niners offense works really, really well mm. because it works in spite of how talented a quarterback is. Mm-hmm. So don't Brock get me Purdy, wrong, he's, look, he's good. Brock Purdy is doing a very, very good job. This is not me saying that he's a terrible QB at all. Um, but I think it would work with any quarterback. And we've seen that because the, Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl and it's not like he is a superstar quarterback. Mm. But he was good enough to do as he was told and get the offense running. Yeah. So on offense, the, the Niners are built very, very well because they're built to do without superstar quarterback talent. Yeah. And especially adding someone like Christian McCaffrey to that already very vast array of weapons when you then give yourself another running back who can do everything outside of also running the ball. Um, That's a, that was a huge advantage they gave themselves. And it shows because since they've had him in, they've won every single game. So, I mean, the Niners are playing into the idea that part of winning a Super Bowl is you get a bit lucky. Yeah. Um, And Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey just turning out to be exactly part of it is injuries. Like you ride your injury luck. The best teams that win Super Bowls are teams that have either had astonishing injury luck or know how to handle having injuries better than other teams. Yeah. If you're wondering why you should watch days two and three of the draft, that is why, by the way, because you, you're going you get your to see those players on the field at some point because every mm-hmm. team deals with injuries. Yeah. Um. So... <clears throat> I think I, th- I think for me I, I I equate it to this. Most teams with their quarterback have a quarterback that is horse riding. You've got to learn how to ride a horse. You've got to understand exactly what it is, like the personality of the horse, whether it wants to go fast, um, how exactly you want to to handle it yourself, whether you can handle it, whether you're a good horse rider. The Niners have built a robotic horse that Carl Shanahan can control from the sideline that can do a numerous <laughs> things, include fly and shoot lasers. So like it's <laughs> and Brock Purdy, he just has to point in the right direction every now and then. But that's still better than some quarterbacks can manage. 
Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from Brock Purdy. By the way, not offensive rookie of the year. Chris Olavi should definitely have been in that talk, James. Yeah, but, I, I, yeah, I yes. don't understand yeah. at all. Yes. <laughs> the Niners have, have built this offense. And it's almost on the fly because you get the feeling that they, they didn't come into the season thinking they need a Christian McCaffrey. They have Trey Lance and Trey Lance is going to do something different for this offense anyway. And then they not luck into Christian McCaffrey. An opportunity arises where Christian McCaffrey is available and they take it. And then that's the final piece of what is essentially a very quarterback-friendly offense with an incredible offensive line with pieces that can just do just about everything. When you've got George Kittle can line up at, like as an outside receiver, when you've got Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, who are just interchangeable at any one point, along with Christian McCaffrey as well, not taking away was just all the other talent they've got on that roster as well that seem to just... Mitchell, Juszczyk, all of them. It's it's all just bonkers. Carl, Carl, gah, gah, gah. Carl Juszczyk is probably like the sixth most talented player on that roster and he would probably walk into 31 nfl teams as a fullback oh he's the best fullback in the league and it's not even close yeah because he's one of the few actual fullbacks as well so i suppose the question is can the eagles defense slow them down i have my reservations but i'm keen on hearing what other people think uh, uh, james what do you think i think the eagles defense stands as good a chance as any team in the nfl hmm. um because of the one crucial thing that the Eagles do have, which is depth. Mm. So situationally on the D-line, they run deep enough that specialist units to defend the run. Yeah. They have that. They have specialist units to rush the passer. They they have a, a, a history of developing their D-line 2D. And, and, and they are that way this season as well. And I think that is going to make running the ball definitely much tougher for the 49ers. I mm. also think that the, the unique things that they can do with Hassan Reddick mm. as a movable piece is the kind of thing that you can use to exploit the relative weakness of the interior offensive line of the Niners, particularly in pass pro. Mm. So, for example, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't line up line Hassan Reddick up over Trent Williams at all. No. I would avoid that matchup all day. What I would do is I'd have him looping, so he ends up one on one on a guard. Yeah, um, things like that. Um, run blitzes. Um, exotic looks in terms of run blitzes as well. I think it, it's pretty much set up that this will potentially be the biggest challenge this San Francisco offensive line will face mm. in both phases of the game because it's the most balanced defensive line they will face. Yeah, game. yeah. Like if if they even get sniffed that you're going to run the ball, then all of a sudden you've got Linval Joseph, Fletcher Cox, and Jordan Davis in front of you. Like it's 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 a, a daunting task. When you've got that many big players that can cause you so many problems against the run, force you outside. Like if I'm the Eagles, I'm I'm lining up incredibly close to the line. I'm not I'm not playing deep at all. I'm playing. I'm almost wondering if I'm playing man with the wide receivers. If you've got James Bradbury and you've got Darius Slay who are playing incredible football, and you're not sure about the quarterback, then I think you are just saying right, well, beat us on the outside. 
try and beat us on the outside. James Bradbury is having an outstanding season. And whoever you've got lined up, if you can say, right, that person's lining up. James Bradbury on the left-hand side, you've got Darius Slay on the right-hand side, and whoever they're covering, they're covering whoever it is. And then just try and take away everything from the middle. Bring CJ Gardner-Johnson forward. Have him um, not get flagged inexplicably for reasons he should definitely be getting flagged. <laughs> no, still not holding a grudge against that one, obviously. Um, but he's been he's been outstanding. So just just try and force them to play the game deep. The only thing I think they can beat you with is like Travis Kelsey over the top of the safeties potentially, like and. Yards Travis Kelsey. Catch. Travis Kelsey. Good <laughs> Lord. Sorry, Simon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I did the Simon voice. I did the Simon voice. Hold on. He's not a real tight end. No, he's not. He's or a, he's a slot receiver. Okay. Well, he, whatever he is, he's the best of that in the league. Um, so, it's by, by a fairly long stretch, George Kittle is obviously what I meant. George Kittle. Like, <laughs> the only thing I think he can potentially do is those crossing routes potentially like get behind the safeties, which is a problem. Um, but then I think you challenge them to do that. You can't do that on every single play. And you're basically trying to take away every avenue Brock Purdy has of having an easy, easy offense. You're trying to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands and say, you win this game. Well, Would you reckon? Yeah. I think the strategy that you imply, apply, yeah. really, if you're the Niners, mm. is you want to avoid having as few defensive backs on the field as you can. Yeah. So I think purely operating out of like 12 personnel, 22 personnel yeah. means that you take, you, you lose a premium coverage defender because you give them a 22 or a 12 personnel look. Mm. And what you want is you want a linebacker or Carl Juszczyk. You want a linebacker on George Kittle. You don't want Levante Maddox yeah. out there. You want you prefer that matchup, so their base package is is from a coverage perspective not not as good mm. in terms of defending the pass. It, it means that they're going to have to find a way to get a lot of play action going out of twelve and twenty two personnel to exploit that. Because if you do get the Eagles into base, the one thing they will be able to do is stuff the run. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alan, what do you reckon? Lots of good analysis from you guys there. What I've kind of keyed in on is just some numbers on Brock Purdy. Against Dallas last week, I know they won the game, right? But yeah. I'm just talking, I get a Brock Purdy or his performance on its own. His, his, his passer rating dropped to 87.4, seven, only 7.4 yards per attempt, which was all well below his season average and, and well below his first preseason game. Dallas was the toughest defence he's faced so far. And it, they made it a little bit more difficult for him. The Eagles are a much better defense yet again. So yeah. there's that. Um, one of the interest, one of the really interesting battles for me is that Eagles league leading O line against potentially one of the best D lines in the league. Mm. Who's going to who's going to win the battle in the trenches? The 49ers can be really aggressive on defense. So is there an opportunity there for Jalen Hurts to take advantage of that by lots of RPOs or just getting him out running? You know, if the, if the 49ers pressure too much, you just um, step up in the pocket and take off. Yeah. The Eagles' run defense has dramatically improved. Manila um, in the back, you know, the back third of the season. The, the, the big bodies you mentioned there, like, you know, Jordan Davis, Lindell mm. Joseph, Fletcher Cox. Where the 48, if you try and run downhill on them, it's not happening. 
Wait, but the, the 49ers are pretty good and can they get them running side to side? And there'll be opportunities there in the run game if they can do that. Um, the 49ers on the offense have been, have been quite good at attacking zone coverage and the, with the play actions and mm. the Eagles play a lot of zone. I agree with you, Dan. They might need to play a little bit more man if they can jam the receivers at the line of scrimmage to allow the pass rush to get there um, and make it really difficult for Purdy. Um the one thing about all, all four of these teams, and I, and I absolutely mm. agree, these are the four best teams um, in the NFL that made the playoffs. Mm. And particularly in the NFC, this is the matchup we needed because I think the 49ers would have pretty much easily handled any other team in the NFC apart from the Eagles and vice versa. The Eagles, you know, I thought, I hold my hands up, I said I thought the Giants, coming off a bye week with Jalen Hurts, as he fit, as he not, I mm. thought the Giants might have made it difficult for the Eagles last weekend, and they just didn't. Um, the, the Eagles Eagles dominated that game and the Eagles in that form um, even a team like the 49ers um, could find it tough I was mm. going somewhere else for that point what was it yeah all four of the all four of these teams run the ball really efficiently so it, um, but the, the 49ers run defence is, is, is the best in the league for DVOA mm. Um, so if they can slow down that Eagles run game, which includes Jalen Hurts, then I think that's what they need to do. Um, that that's um, if 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 the Eagles can come out and can run the ball really effectively, along with everything else, that that will then set up opportunities for Hurts to get it to Devontae Smith to get it to um, AJ Brown. Uh, it's just a really fascinating battle for me. A really really interesting. On on offense, the big looming problem I think the Eagles have isn't necessarily Nick Bosa in this one because I think Jalen Hurts can run away from Nick Bosa. It's mm-hmm. Fred Warner in the centre of the field. Just like I don't think there's a player I've seen that can run sideline sideline as well as Fred Warner can through traffic just to stop stop a run. And he is he's outstanding. He is <clears throat> I can say this now because Rokon Smith isn't on our team. He is the best linebacker in the league, I think, right now. Um so he he is the problem you've got is the Niners can afford to line up incredibly wide um, and just say, right, well, you can try running down the middle if you like, but then this Fred Warner going to be standing there. going to cause no end of problems. And <clears throat> I, I wonder if the Niners are going to do the same thing as we've talked about the Eagles, which is that, okay, so Jalen Hurts, you've played incredibly well this season. AJ Brown is an amazing receiver. Devontae Smith is an amazing receiver. If we put this much pressure on on you with the, the players that we've got on our defensive line, can can you beat us? Can you can you win one on one again? Yeah, I would think with the Niners' coverage unit, hmm. there's some matchups that I would be a little bit concerned by. For example, hmm. where you can get a player like Devontae Smith. Um, matched up on someone say like the Amadola Noir. Yeah. That, Javarius that, that's a matchup I would take. Up and down this season as well. Yeah. If I could get Lenore on mm. Devontae Smith and Lenore one on one on the outside, I, yeah. I I would go there every time. Um I think he's someone they're gonna want to attack. The point that's been points that have been made about Fred Warner mm. and Dre Greenlaw. Oh true. Yeah. So it's really, really important that what I think the Eagles need to do is they need to establish if not if not Jalen Hurts as a mm. runner, they need to establish the threat of him 
as a runner as something they actually need to respect yes if you can do that what you can do is you can dangle one of them on a string because you're going to want to have an element of like spy protection with Jalen Hurts because he's really good at deciding when to run, mm. when to break the box, when to move. And if you have those two linebackers, it seems only natural that you would want one of them to take care of that because you're one of the few defenses that is equipped to do that. Yeah. But the process of doing that does subtract somebody from coverage or yeah. limits the space in which that player can be because they are a spy. And you can use that. It's how you work around that. I, I think if if I'm not a betting man, I very rarely make money. But if I'm going to bet on anyone in this game, I'm going to bet on Dallas Goddard and uh, George Kittle to have big games in this one. Yeah, I was uh, about to say the same sort of thing. They're kind I thought, of the X factors here. Yeah, um, because I think yeah, I think you're all right in the sense that they're going to take away the deep threat mm. and they're going to try and stop the run because both teams are excellent runners. Mm. So what you're left with there. Is the mid stuff, which is where both got it and kill excel. Yeah. And if you're daring to throw it into that space, I mean, they're both two of the top five tight ends. Yeah. I mean, kill obviously, but got it is, is probably up there as well. Um, yeah, I would, I would bet on both of those dudes having fairly big games this weekend. I agree. Yeah, definitely. I, I, well, I said it. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. I'm I glad try, you agreed I, with your I think point. you're right there, Phil. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think um, that's just an interesting matchup, isn't it? This, 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 is, this, is, this is a really fun one. I think we'll see some weird stuff in this one as well. I think we'll see the, the, the trick plays they've been practicing since the start of the season pulled out of the bag in this one. The teams think they've seen on tape 30 times before yeah. and they think they know what the counter for that play is, but actually there's a fifth counter that both coaches have that they haven't <laughs> seen yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not weird. Oh, you weren't expecting this, were you? Not weird <laughs> like what we saw the Dallas Cowboys attempt uh, last week as well, but like... No, no. That was very strange. Um, <clears throat> I, I think we might see some, some slightly odd plays. Um, and I think... I think the winner of this game is the one, this almost sounds obvious, but is the one that has the quarterback that plays the best. Like, sure, if you're talking about the other game, that makes sense. Who plays better, Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Okay. Whoever plays better in that game is probably going to win the game. But we're talking about Jalen Hurts and we're talking about who has been outstanding this season and Brock Purdy. Like, the the, the onus is on the Niners almost to stop Jalen Hurts from being Jalen Hurts. Whereas yes. the pressure's slightly off of the Eagles, except for the fact that they were up against, frankly, an offensive genius. Yeah. And if- it's really important as well that I think the Niners avoid third down. Mm. They've been so good Any at third down. Third and three plus, I think it's essential that they avoid it because they, this, is, this is not an insult to Brock Purdy. This is the reality of playing against a defense like the Eagles. You want to avoid obvious passing situations on third down. Yeah. Because you obviously, like I said earlier, want to avoid the Eagles in nickel specifically as a coverage unit. And you want to avoid that D line just teeing off on you. Yeah. Especially if you've got Brock Purdy back there. The thing about Brock Purdy is he's brave. Um, and that was always his undoing. Yeah. Um, at Iowa State, he would sometimes push it 
a bit far. And I think the Eagles will be cognizant of that to see if they can get the Niners into third. And Because Carl Shanahan, it's like apparently he, he practices third down less than any other coach in the league. That was on the Athletic, wasn't believe, it? Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't believe that you should have to practice it. He believes you should win on first and second. Yeah. He, he only begrudgingly practices third down because, yeah, at some point I won't win. And third, third down for him is one or two yards rather than like five or six. So, yeah, like, it's, yeah. Yeah. exactly. It makes sense. Staying ahead sense. of the sticks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just an interesting game, I think. I think I say that both these games are incredible and they're both, whatever happens, we're going to get an amazing Super Bowl from this as well. Like, mm, two very oh gosh, different yeah. Super Bowls. We've got two teams, four teams that match up very well against each other in, in the conference games. In the Super Bowl, we're going to have two teams that, that are completely different from each other. And I'm very excited yes. about that. Yeah. Um, minor point. Nick Sirianni seems a bit annoying. <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> so, but then, I don't know. I mean, yeah. sorry, a lot of the coaches, to be honest with you. Nick Sirianni's next level, though. Um, he's Nick's, Marmite, isn't he? Yeah, he's Marmite. He's someone you'd want to avoid at a pub. Like, if he starts coming up and dancing with you, you'd probably go, let's go to a different pub. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, I mean, anyone, anyone got anything else to add? Uh, no um, one's mentioned special that... teams. <laughs> yeah. No, and nor will we. No. Um, however, I do think that, um, uh, one of the things, my favorite things I'm hoping to see is Jason Kelsey in space at the second level on a running play, meeting Fred Warner five to ten yards downfield, and the collision that will ensue. Yes, we should be able that to hear will split here. the planet in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. It'll be a bit like when, uh, for you Marvel fans out there, when Hulk and Hulkbuster have the punch. Yeah. And every, you get the ripples go out. Cap, yes. uh, Cap Shield, and um, Molnir. Thor's Thor hammer. hammer. Yeah. 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 Yes. Two cuts of the different cloth. Same cut of the different cloth. Whatever. There's a there's a saying there somewhere. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alan, anything to add before we before we wrap this up? Um, not rather, not really anything to add. Obviously, I know we'll come scores in a minute. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm really really just fascinated to see what happens. I think there's there's arguments, as I said, key a, a few key matchups all over the field that will be the difference in this one. There's no. It could go either way, and I think a game will swing back and forth, and it's going to be a fun one. I agree. Do you want to kick us off with your score then? Yeah. Okay. So I think there's t- why I'm why I'm picking this score. There's two two matchups. I'm going Eagles twenty eight twenty four. I think I think the Eagles secondary is is better than the 49ers secondary, and for the 49ers to win. Brock Purdy's going to have to stand in there and make some of those really big, big time, tough window NFL throws that I'm not sure we've seen from him yet. So I, I think the Eagles will just edge it. Yeah, nice. Uh, Phil? Yeah, uh, I think the the defining factor here is which, which team has the better quarterback, which is the Eagles. Apart from that, I think it's a fairly sort of even matchup overall. So I'm going to go with an Eagles win, twenty-four to eighteen. Nice, James. I 
think this might be a clean sweep. We're heading that mm. way, aren't we? Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get left. Areas. <laughs> yeah, they have the edge in some key areas, and I can I can see it being close, but I, I do think it's going to be the Eagles. And I'm going to go twenty four seventeen. Niners fans, breathe a sigh of relief. I'm going to go for the Eagles as well. Um, <laughs> Simon's going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind None of, of you believed in this. None of you believed He, he in thinks this. they're going to lose as well. I tried to get him oh, on okay. the pod. I wanted to say it. Say it on the pod, Si. Um, <laughs> um, I think the Eagles just bulldozed that, that, that Giants team in a way that made me go, oh, yeah. This team's unreal. This team is is a juggernaut. Um, and as good as the Niners have been and has, I think, stressful as it is to play them, I think this is the one team in the league that could potentially actually cause them a ton of problems. I'm going to go for the Eagles winning. Let's go 27 to 24 to the Eagles. Clean sweep. You're right. Didn't see that coming. I thought someone would go for the Niners. Probably not you, Phil, admittedly, but like... Thought someone else might. Um, anyway, uh, last game <laughs> we have Bengals visiting the Kansas City Chiefs, not on a neutral site, as has been mentioned several times already. Now it's a Burrowhead, isn't it? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, Burrowhead. Yeah, I'm with you now. Sorry, that took me a while. <laughs> it's now called apparently Burrowhead. Um. Well, his head will be the size of that stadium if it keeps going the way he's been going for like the last however long. Uh, people keep talking about how, how well he dresses. I'm not seeing that personally. Uh, I'm seeing like someone that dresses like one of the joke characters from... Um, um, God, what are they called? Use your words. Oh, the joke band. Joke rap group. What are they called? Chain. No. No, not Gold Looking Chain. Lonely Island. Lonely Island, yeah. He looks like one of the joke characters from Lonely Island. Um, but and he does cool, look like a belly Andy Samberg, actually. Yes, and if you think that cigars are cool, then brilliant. Um, any word on on what Patrick Mahomes is doing? I know he's a full participant in practice. I can't tell whether that was a full participant in practice in the same way that, you know, I've been a full participant in years ago, obviously, shifts at work where I've just kind of been there. Um, so just, <laughs> just, um, nope. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or do we think he's actually ready to play? There's no walking boot on, um, but I don't know how much that means because you can strap it up heavily. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Full participant means you took all the reps. It, they could have been at half speed. Mm. They could have been... They could have been walkthroughs or whatever, so you, you don't you don't know really, do you? No. The only, no. The only way we're going to know is is on the first couple of snaps. That's that's the only time we're going to see how good or bad he is doing. So mm-hmm. my first question on this: Lou Amaruno is one of the smartest defensive coordinators in the league. Yes. They they've played the Chiefs no less than four hundred times in the last two years, I believe. I think that's actually correct. I've looked it up. Um, and three times. Yeah. Do we, and they've beaten them twice. No, three times. Three times. Oh my god! I've just, yeah, literally just come up in front. That's of me, why so, it's yeah. called Burrowhead. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Do, do we think he understands he has to do something a little bit different this time, though? Yeah, I think it does. I think he's got a track record for adjusting. Yeah. And 
the way he morphs his defences into who they're playing. And no evidence to the contrary that, that he's not smart and that he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. You know, you know, you can't just throw the same thing at Patrick Mahomes again, or he'll figure it out. So, uh, yeah, I do, I do think he understands that. Mm. It's, it's just a weird one, isn't it? Because yeah. the Chiefs have everyone else's <laughs> number, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm. Lou, Lou Romo is really. And he has, he's done, he's done different things when he's, he, he's really had a mix of that playoff game, the, the, sorry, the AFC Championship game last year, when it was basically, he just went, he just threw in a lot of mm. drop, drop eight into coverage, only rush three, you were disguised, but you'd line them all up near the line of scrimmage and you'd disguise who was dropping and who wasn't. And it really did confuse Mahomes. Yeah. And then there's been other times where he's sent pressure with five. He's really mixed it up. And I think you need to you need to just keep mixing it up. You need to you need to leave Mahomes guessing where if pressure's coming and where it's coming from, which is easier said than done. Um, but the one thing I'd be concerned about if I was the Bengals, Chiefs defense came to play last week when Patrick Mahomes went down injured. Mm, like, I think that was one of the best defensive performances we've seen this season from that that, that unit. <clears throat> um. No, it's completely different. They're going up against uh, Joe Burrow and a loaded Bengals offense. So it is incredibly diff- different. But it is interesting that they might be getting hot. That particular unit might be getting hot at the exact right time that they need to. Can I, can I go first here? Because yeah. I, there's something been rattling about my head and I've you know got quite some quite strong thoughts on this in terms of I was driving home from the gym earlier on and I was thinking about this basically all the way home. Uh, and, and and forgive me for throwing in another Patriots reference here, but this, this Joe, Joe Burrow and this Bengals team mm. is starting to remind me of Tom Brady and the Patriots in terms of they just... You know, they, you had your games last season where they, mm. they played, they lost to the Jets. They, they played down to their opponents sometimes, but on the big stage, the big games when it matters, they just bring it, mm. and all Joe Burrow does is win. I mean, apart obviously, apart from this, you take the top ten games of his career, big in terms of biggest games, apart from the Super Bowl last year. I don't think he's, I think he's hardly lost. I think he's balled mm. out in just about every game, and they've got that thing about them where they always find a reason to play with a chip on their shoulder. Mm. So last year, last year they were the underdogs that were yeah. kind of lucky to get into the playoffs and they were they were desperate to prove everyone wrong and prove they belonged there. This year, it's, you know, the better send those refunds, uh, T-shirts and, you know, the, the, the grievances about the NFL yeah. in terms of, you know, how, how the situation's been handled. They are, were good and they know they're good. But they, they they keep motivating themselves by by finding that thing to key in on in terms of saying, look, we are we've beat the Chiefs three times in a row here, and we might be underdogs in this game. Why? That's not fair. We we need to go out and prove it. Yeah. Uh, no one else is maybe saying that, but they they find that way of motivating themselves. And so it's really it's fascinating to me. You're saying that made it personal for them to use the well used Michael Jordan meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's in every in every big stage they've shown up. You know, they beat they, they they dominated the Bills when last week. 
you know, the, the, the three games against the Chiefs where they've had to, the, Joe Burrow's led, I think, you know, game winning comebacks. Um, and they've not, you know, they've not let the game get away from them. I'm just I'm just really impressed by the, the mentality of this Bills team and how they just when it matters, they always just seem to play well. Yeah. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I'm in two minds on this one. So so on one hand, the Chiefs played the Bengals and Patrick Mahomes was mostly outstanding. Like just just genuinely one like for me that was one of the games that, that kind of showed that he was how how just incredibly talented he is. They still lost the game though. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, to get the one potential thing in terms in terms of Lou and Arumo and how he's able to adjust, the one little wrinkle. The Chiefs have played a ton of 13 personnel this year. We're getting yeah. three tight ends on the field. And I don't know if he's really seen that before. Mm. Um, before before this, obviously he's got game tape this season you can watch, right? But in terms of them playing against the Chiefs, that's new. Um, so that could be a thing. Mm. And it is going to be a big deal in terms of Mahomes' ankle, one thing. Is, is he going to be able... To, to navigate the pocket and escape pressure and extend plays or does his ankle mean he's going to have to just be a statue and drop back pass which which I think would be bad news for the Chiefs and also we're talking about Luana Rumo in terms of what else can he throw at the Chiefs do you think Mahomes has learned something after three losses in a row against them in terms of is he going to be prepared for all eventualities Yeah, again just another fascinating battle I yeah, think I agree I would be where I said bet on the tight ends in the last game, don't don't put any bets on the tight ends in this one because if I'm Lou Amaruna, I'm I'm very aware that Travis Kelsey is something of a cheat code for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I am trying my best to take him out of the game where I can. So there's a few things that we have to remember about the AFC Championship game last year. Um, the Chiefs team last year were a fair bit more one-dimensional than they are this year. They were nowhere near as successful running the ball, and they weren't successful running the ball in that game either, which enabled Anarumo at halftime to go, do you know what? We're going to drop eight, and if they can run on us, that you know, I'll take my chances because I yeah. don't think they can. I think the assumption that he can do that, he's not going to make that assumption this time. I think what they've got now is they have a three-headed Hydra of runners that, mm. that that can you know create yards. Um, what I saw in the second half from Patrick Mahomes was, while he wasn't able to break the pocket and run, certain things hadn't changed. So he was still able to move in the pocket, even in a limited fashion, to throw at mm-hmm. strange arm angles in traffic when the pocket was very muddy. So in terms of his actual pocket movement, the ankle didn't really seem to massively affect him getting throws out. It's so much it's upper body break. strength. Like it's... Yeah, it just did. It just affected his ability to break the pocket and start mm. running. So I think he'll still be able to, even if the ankle isn't great, he'll be able to move within the pocket efficiently and play efficiently. Um, I don't think you'll see any design rollouts, but what was touched on with the three Titans, something interesting has happened. Jody Fortson is practicing again 
mm -hmm. potentially can play, which means you have Jody Fultz and Noah Gray and Jason Kelsey. They are all big, athletic dudes at tight end, and they've all caught at least one touchdown pass um, in the red zone this year. Um, so I think 13 personnel and even 23 personnel might be a thing. Yeah, I do as well. Because I think if you can do that and you can throw a pass out of that, that puts you in a favorable matchups if you are the Chiefs. Um, and they are going to need to run the ball, mm. I think, to manage Mahomes' ankle. Because as much as he's a full participant in practice, you know, a, a sprained ankle sounds like a minor injury. It isn't really. It's unpleasant. No, <laughs> it's, no, it it's is. Unpleasant. Yeah. It's really unpleasant. Um, yes, Phil. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who have seen Phil's vomit-inducing ankle, um, it's not. It's not. It's not something to be sniffed at. So, Ooh. I think they'll approach the game plan slightly differently. Yeah. In terms of scheming more run stuff in the run game up. So I think Anna Rima also ready for that. It also just plays into what they're doing with Travis Kelsey as well, which is, oh, cool. So you're going to take Travis Kelsey out of the game. Here's, here's the other guys. So feel free. Put as many players as you like on Travis Kelsey, and uh, we'll, we'll just hit the other guys as well. If you want to try and do what you did last year, okay, so we understand now that leaves players free because what you're actually doing is daring us to run the ball. We can either run the ball, or if you're then stopping the run, then someone's getting free. You can't drop eight without someone getting free somewhere. Mm. Yeah, and you, you have to be willing to pay the price. You only really yeah. do drop eight when you know they can't run on you. Yeah. Um, did anybody see last week the sheer amount of dominant pass-blocking snaps from Jarek McKinnon like in the game? Yes. It's one where they sent Foyer Aluakon, and he comes screaming through the B-gap. And Fue Aluakon is like 6'5 and 240. And Jarek McKinnon is not. <laughs> he just flattens him. He just stonewalls him. He just stops dead and, and just moves backwards with the sheer impact of Jarek McKinnon just being the low man with leverage. It just felt just like amazing. every player on that field went, okay, so we can't rely on Patrick this week. Right. Okay. We must, we've, we've all got to step up this week then. Let's do something. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Right. Any, any more to add on this one? Just, you know, if, if we can get a reasonably healthy Mahomes, then we're going to be in for one hell of a shootout. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, I, however I go with this game, I think it's very possible either team could win this one. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, and I would be Definitely. happy with either team. I'd be happy with any of these four teams making the Super Bowl. I would be happy with three of these teams being <laughs> <in> the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, do we want to get some scores? Any, yeah, sorry. any permutation is fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as long as it's not the Niners. Yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with the Niners. Losing, it's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing, kind of cool with them. Losing another Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that'll be <laughs> it fine. It would be a nice story. Be yeah, nice exactly. Story. Yeah. Um. Well, as long as we don't get cool dad uh, Joe Montana on the sideline again. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? That's the first that uncool thing he's ever done. Disgusting. It is, yeah. His name's Joe Cool. He was not Joe... Yeah, whatever. But no, that literally is the first uncool thing he has yeah. ever done in his life. He is literally known for being the coolest quarterback to have ever walked the freaking planet. And then he Do wears a vomit-worthy shirt. He does that. And all while Jerry Rice was wearing a pendant with a giant... Well, I assume his diamond 
Niner's helmet round his neck. And everyone's going, hey, look how cool he looks. Joe Montana was just like, all I did was wear a shirt and some skinny jeans. What's yeah, but wrong? it was like the worst shirt ever. It wasn't a nice shirt. Yeah, Why was it five shirts stitched together? I don't <laughs> understand. That, that, is, that is incredibly true. Should we, should we get some scores? Yeah. Uh, James, kick us off this time. We, we haven't really talked about Joe Burrow. I think he'll be That's a very good point. Should we, should we talk, um, if I, brief, we'll talk about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. That offense briefly. in general, I think, yeah. and that matchup. I, if I'm Steve Spagnola, this is the one quarterback I am not looking forward to in, mm. in this group. Because compared to, compared to, him, but yeah. yeah, compared to his, I was just going to say that, compared to his early career, he is much, much better against the Blitz. Well, that's, I that's think the problem, isn't it? Can, Kansas, Kansas City only blitzed them eight times, I think, mm. the last time they played. But four of those went for big plays, like 30 and 35 yard gains at key times in the game. So, if yeah, against a Spagnuolo defence, I think one of your avenues for attacking Burrow, maybe this time a year and a half ago, is gone. Definitely. I, I, it must be the most frustrating thing in the world to understand. You can beat that offensive line. Like, that offensive line is beatable. You can get pressure on Joe Burrow. It won't make a difference, but you can get pressure on him. Like, it won't make it... He'll still rinse you. In fact, the more people you bring for pressure, the more people are getting open downfield, and he loves that. So, as as you pretty much just said, Alan, like, it's... It's it's one of those, like... Sure, you can get pressure on him. Won't make much difference. Might as well just try and rush for every time and drop as many people into coverage to try and at least slow down their receivers. And that is why, and this is to foreshadow the draft yeah. process, and that is why, ladies and gentlemen, evaluating quarterbacks while poise mm. and pocket movement are much more important than arm strength. Hey, yes. Completely agree. Yeah. Absolutely. He is insanely calm back there. Yeah. He never looked rattled. No, even like even like last year when he was getting sacked like eight times a game or something silly. He never still never actually looked rattled he's just like oh yeah yeah that's fine what's this picking up Sam J. Perrin as well I think he's yeah he's been very good for them he's been very good in pat no but he's been very good in pat he's a, I think he's a much better pass blocker than Joe Mixon is yeah um, so if you're in a situation where you know the pressure's maybe coming if you put Perrin in there that's a big help to the offensive line as well Joe, Joe Mixon is the archetypal, though. If you need five yards, he'll get you five yards. But if you need seven yards, he'll get you five yards. Yeah. Like, kind of guy, isn't he? He's, he is. That's, that's what Joe Mixon's been this season so far. So, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He never used to be like that. I think, I think playing for the Bengals has ruined him. Because well. the running back he was at Oklahoma was if you needed five, he'd get you 50. He, he, was, he was the next <laughs> Lavian Bell. Eight tackles. Yeah. He, he was the next Lavian Bell when Lavian Bell was good. Um, yeah, only if yeah, but like I think playing behind terrible offensive lines, he's kind of just developed a different running style that isn't yeah. really him. Definitely seems that way. Um, scores then, let's get some scores. Uh, James, where you go? I found this very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, Bengals forty-one, Chiefs thirty-eight overtime that seems like a totally normal score and i i'm not being it sarcastic does, it? it does actually it just yeah. sounds like it's a possible score 
I'm going to go Chiefs. Um, <laughs> Chiefs 37, Bengals 34. You're welcome, Bengals fans. <laughs> Daddy's breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil? Uh, I'm going Bengals uh, 31 to 28. Although I prefer James's scoreline, if I'm honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Alan? Almost exactly the same score as Drumroll. Phil, 31 27 I went for. 31 27 Bengals. Cool. So, got myself a ruse there with the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll take it, sure. <laughs> yeah, if it comes up. <laughs> um, you, were, you were talking. Yeah. You, you were talking there as well about the permutations of, of obviously of any four in any combination of these four teams in the Super Bowl will be great. But yeah. I don't. I don't know why. But instinctively, I think I've got two permutations that jump out at me as being the best two out of the four. And I guess either Bengals Niners mm-hmm. or Chiefs Eagles. Like I don't. I, I think. <laughs> For, for some reason, for some reason, I just think depending on who wins the first game, the, the in terms of matchups for for the second game, you, then um, it would be inter- it would be really those would be two really interesting matchups. Do you not want to see Simon's head explode when uh, Patrick Mahomes jobs the Niners again? Though, like, it's just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there is, I, I would love that. <laughs> a Bengals Niners Super Bowl would be amazing for me because. Bengals Niners was the first Super Bowl I was allowed to stay up and watch nice. by my mummy when um, I was eleven. So Bengals Eagles has all the cool storylines though. Yeah. So Bengals Eagles has yeah. like the Kelsey brothers up against each other for starters. Yep. Like I would listen to that pod before then. No, no, it no, doesn't. No, 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 sorry, I meant Chiefs. I, I meant Chiefs. Chiefs Eagles. I, I meant Chiefs Eagles. Sorry, Chiefs <laughs> Eagles has all the storylines. Sorry, I did mean that. I'm getting my tight ends mixed up. Like, all of them mixed up. Are you? Well, hey. <laughs> uh, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs, Eagles comes with all the storylines, like that. Uh, that the you got the the brothers up against each other. Andy Reid, obviously, going up against his old team. It comes with those storylines, anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I might get my teams right at some point as well. Uh, questions, Josh Hunter, who hasn't been on in a while. We'll probably try and get him on for Super Bowl edition so we can make it. Well, like the Jets haven't been doing anything yeah. relevant for a while, so why would he be? <laughs> they did something relevant this week. They've hired Nathaniel Hackett. I um, don't know how much he wants to talk about that. <laughs> why am I here then? If your team needs to be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not being funny. <laughs> At least yeah, my playoffs. <laughs> none of us. In fact, yeah, this watch won't get released because none of us. Mine made really... the playoffs. Oh, well, well done, you. <laughs> you got annihilated in the playoffs, but you know. Not in the first half, we didn't. <laughs> you were the Make-A-Wish Foundation kid that turned up and got <laughs> annihilated. We still had to win games, James, which you That's failed like... to do with a... what He may have been a, a future Hall of Famer, but won't be now after what you've done to him in Denver. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen for him. No, not that Russ Cook. Um, anyway, let's ride. Let's right and let Russ cook. He's, he's got been all cooking the, the horses. He's got he's got all the uh, all the best story, all the best uh, quotes. Hasn't he? Um, so um, Josh Hunter says, "Who has the most game from Super Bowl win? Number one, Joe Burrow, genuine argument for QB one. Mahomes guarantees the Hall of Fame and puts him on goat trajectory. 
Uh, number three, Purdy, made man and guarantees is him the Niners job. Four, Andy Reid moves him into the second tier of all-time coaches, solidifies him as number 10, uh, top 10 all-time and or potentially uh, a different person. That's another choice. I think Bengals because A, they've never won one. That, that's the thing. For me, yeah. B, yeah. and B, I think that this would elevate Burrow and Mahomes to genuine Manning and Brady status. Mm. Yeah, rivalries. Yeah, and I, I think it, it, it actually does more for both of them. Whereas if Mahomes win, it does more for Mahomes. If Burrow wins, it does more for both of them. As like yeah. the, this rivalry that we get to see every year, as you say, the Manning and Brady thing. Yeah, yeah. That being said, Purdy's a really nice story. That's 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 got Hallmark film written all over it, hasn't it? Oh yeah, we're going to see a terrible movie about it yeah. <laughs> at some point down the line. Yeah, and it will be called Mister Relevant. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, and it might be called. Oh, it might be called Big Cock Brock. <laughs> Probably, well, that's yeah. the uh, Pornhub parody. <laughs> that's the one I'll be watching. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, James. I think it is the Bengals, but but then shortly behind, I think it's the Bengals for a very different reason, which is I think if Burrow wins, then then as you say, we're talking about like this this excellent quarterback matchup that we get to watch potentially every year. As long as they play each other mm. every year. I, I agree. I think the answer is Burrow. If he wins a Super Bowl, then I think it's it's it cements him as he he he's the guy in the AFC um, potentially. Mm. Obviously, Mahomes, him and Mahomes, Brady Manning type eligible. It would relegate Josh Allen to being better than Roethlisberger and maybe Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, no. Twenty no. first century Marina. Yeah, um, can I throw in Jalen Hurts though as well mm. from being from being written off as much yeah. as a season ago, and or not so much written off, but doubts as to are you the quarterback? Um, we all lauded the Eagles in the off season for if you've got a quarterback you think might be the guy. Um, here's what you do to build a team around them, and it would just be complete validation of that. Oh, and it could be a chance that you know the, the Eagles could be the team to beat in the. And the NFC for a while, the same as Burrow and the Bengals. I really like that. Yeah, I really like that. I think, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts has been the guy when he was meant to be the placeholder while they put a team around him. So, yeah, totally agree. Excellent. I think we're going to head off now. If you want to contact us, hit us up uh, at Grill Gents on Twitter. Email us, hellochaps at grillandgentsman.com. Uh, and come join the Discord. It is the pinned tweet on the Twitter, and we're having a lot of fun. Uh, talking about all kinds of stuff like head coaching hires and obviously the games that are coming up. Uh, Alan, if people want to get hold of you, where can they get hold of you? Yeah, uh, at Aldo W83 on both Twitter and Insta, or uh, mainly hanging out in the Discord. It's good fun in there, good chat. I totally agree. Phil? Uh, at KnucklesHeavy7 on Twitter, yeah. at Phil Knuckles on Insta, and yes, the Discord where I, I am there bullying other people for my own amusement. <laughs> as I hobble around my house because I've got nothing better to do uh, James um, I don't use Twitter as much as I used to because all the stuff I used to do on Twitter would now get me a warning from the DMCA and sued by rivals and exos so I can't share any film on there anymore yeah. so um, I'm on Twitter occasionally but come to the discord where I am infuriating <laughs> that's not entirely true I, I'm, I'm imagining Phil doing kind of like a crap rear window where instead of actually looking at his window, he's just trolling people on like social media. So, 
Um, my, if you want to reach me, I never say this at McGlugly, and I do another podcast if you like really geeky stuff uh, called Too Much Time on Our Hands at TMTOOH. Doing all kinds of fun stuff at the moment with movies, games, D and D, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so if you want to hit us up on that, we've got Discord as well. That's at TMTOOH as well. That's pin tweet on that one as well. So, um, but yeah, we'll be back next week to talk awards, and we might even sneak in some Pro Bowl chat as well. Because, like, I'm a little bit excited about it this I mean, year. They're, they're doing it in a smarter way. They're yes. just doing skill games and stuff like that, which is much more interesting than watching them play a game that they don't actually try in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally agree. Back next week. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the games and goodbye. <laughs>